are hanging out with Lori and the one and only Brittany's with us today, hanging out for Julia. We've got a lot to talk about, you guys. Later on in the show, we are going to be giving away a pair of tickets to Maroon 5, so stay tuned for that opportunity. And I think we're going to be talking a little Met Gala, right, guys? Oh, we are. Okay, so the Met Gala, which just happened last September, which had been postponed from last May. It's always been the first Monday in May. Okay. Has been the Met Gala, and this that's is why where, I feel so close. Yes, that's why I feel so close, and that's where yesterday we discussed Zentai, which is basically Kim's look for the Met Gala, yeah. where she's just the object of sexual fetishization, mm-hmm. or however you say that Lose word, of ide- loss of identity, loss of identity, and wore that that uh, outfit. And I am really wondering if Kim Kim and Pete Davidson will be going to the Met because. I thought that, like, the the Kardashians, all of Courtney and Chloe have never gone to the Met Gala. And apparently Anna Wintour has made it clear to Chris, Kim, and Kylie that they're not invited. They're not cool enough, rich enough, or whatever for Aunt Anna. But mm-hmm. Chris and Kendall also goes because she's yeah, a mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those four have gone... I have felt that Kim Kardashian, I remember one year she wore a horrible, looked like a mirrored dress. It looked really hard, uncomfortable. Painful, yeah. He had blue, like spooky contacts in, like a werewolf or like a husky. Yeah. And, you know, she's worn, but she did wear an amazing dress, the Met Gala, I think, the 2019, where it was that wet look dress. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, And apparently we find out later... That Kanye hates this dress. Um, we like it even more. We liked it even more, but it really was incredible. Her hair kind of looked wet, and she looked like she just kind of, I mean, she undeniably beautiful. And to me, I thought that that was like her best Met Gala look. Well, six months later, you know, she serve, serves Kanye with divorce papers, or not, not that long after that. I mean, you could just... He dressed her when they would go together. So I'll be curious what she wears. And I'm sure she's going to be there this year. Um, so it's Monday night. So that means Tuesday we're going to have a full day of fashion and gossip. But the theme, or, or excuse me, the um, the people, the co-chairs, Blake Lively, Ryan Reynolds, because they come as a pair, Lin-Manuel hmm. Miranda, and then Anna Wintour, designer Tom Ford, and the head of Instagram, Adam Mosseri, are the on. They're all honorary co-chairs. Okay. okay. Question. Sorry to interrupt. Mm-hmm. What is a co-chair for the Met Gala? Is that someone who determines what's going to happen? They probably get a free table, and they get to invite eight of their friends. Okay. Mm-hmm. They're the main minglers. Oh, so it's bringing uh, bringing popularity, bringing some Bring, names like to the table. Last year was Billie Eilish. Okay. I mean, I don't know. I mean, because I can't yeah. imagine any of them are working with. Catering or picking yeah. out the menu. I yeah. feel like Anna Wintour it rules that with an iron fist. And it is a gala okay. that goes to raise money for the Costume Institute at the at the Metropolitan Museum. And a lot of times when you are a co-chair or a chair, you end up having to donate quite a bit of money or bring a b- amount of do- donations in with the people you're coming in with. So. And Blake and, and Ryan, they got money. He sold his gin company. Yeah, yeah. They, People love them. Lin-Manuel Miranda is Broadway royalty. Yeah. yeah. So and it shines, a, a, it's, it's bringing people in to shine a bright light on the situation. And then they get the name value as like, 
like they want somebody the, with like, yeah. oh, look at this, you know, well, attach the name to it. Um, the best thing that I've ever loved hearing about the Met Gala is Tim Gunn's description of being banned from the Met Gala for telling the story that Anna Winter got carried down a flight of stairs to where her car was parked, and she banned him for telling that story. And the only honest thing that Gwyneth Paltrow has ever really said is how stultifying and dull the Met Gala is. Well, if you think about it, too, you look at the table placements, right? You don't get to bring a friend. So a lot of times it's like you Well, no, people pay $100,000 for a table, and yes, you might only get... You're invited because I only have yes. can have eight or ten people. So, so yeah, a lot of times when you look at the table layout, it's kind of funny because if you really think about it, some of these people have never met each other. You're sitting in uncomfortable outfits, where eating food in small and amounts. And Billie Eilish told us that because she was yeah. a co-chair, and how she just said it was like it's kind of like she didn't liken it to bungee jump, but she likened it to, to doing something you never need to do again. Yeah, and that's kind of how I'd feel. It's like, it'd be awesome, you know, but you're a celebrity, and you're next to a bunch of people just because they are also celebrities. You might not know each other. Right, but so they're... So you're, like, starting up a conversation, and, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of awkward moments of, like, ah, okay. Well, imagine people trying to talk to Kim Kardashian last right? year in her Zente suit. Yeah, you know? right. And they're leading her around, and she can barely see... <laughs> But the one person who has been a regular at the Met Gala didn't go last year because she was busy filming her crappy show. Um, <laughs> uh, and just like that, Sarah Jessica Parker. Oh. And her steady date has been Andy Cohen for a long, many years. Yeah. And I love SJP at the Met Gala because she understands the assignment. Absolutely. And she takes... Um, the dress code, seriously. Yeah. And last year, I thought my my favorite dress was J Lo. Came in that Ralph Lauren. Oh yeah, because it was some kind of an Americana theme last year, and it was in American anthology of fashion. And she wore head to toe Ralph Lauren. She looked like a ma. I mean, it was just the best outfit by J Lo. Won you, it hands down. Are you sure that's not this? I thought that was this year's theme. Oh yeah, that is this year's yeah. theme. Let me tell you what last year's theme was. Um, yeah, this year it's an American anthology of fashion. Yeah. And last year it was American independence. Okay. So they've gone with the American thing two years in a row, but JLo in her ruffler and that made gorgeous. sense. But an American anthology of fashion. Okay. So that's the, uh, cause other times they've had like a, a more specific theme that ties into the dress code. I love when it was camp. That camp, was like my that favorite. Was, that, that was when, was... what's her name? When is a hamburger? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Vogue reports that the dress code on the invitation, now to talk about panic at the disco, gilded glamour slash white tie. So we're going to have a lot of corsets. Yes. We're going to have a lot of things like similar from the Gilded Age, Bridgerton. Will we actually see a lot of guys in white tuxedos and tails? I don't know. I certainly <laughs> hope so. Oh, this will be fun. It will be fun, but it, it, it really opens up the door to wear anything. And how Gilded glamour. I wonder how far in advance they get the theme. Because that would make, I mean, I know, like, Oh, I hope that they got the theme like in October, because if you're going to take this assignment seriously, you need to get to work. The 
Because Kim Kardashian talks about it. Usually they start on her Met Gala look the moment the other Met Gala stops. There you go. And but then you wonder, I hope that they had the theme or do they just hope that the theme lines up? Because, I mean, you're right. Like, if you really want to do this right, it's going to take a good amount of time. Listen, Anna probably knows what the themes are for the next two or three years. Yeah, yeah, Okay, she's a planner. I believe she's a Virgo. You just have to carry her to her car and she'll whisper it in your ear. That's right. So we're going to see... I'll pull out all the stops. We'll see who It'll wears white tie. Ah. And we also posted Sarah Jessica Parker um, in when they did the Alexander McQueen um, in 2006. It was called Anglomania, and she wore tartan. And a lot of times you go with the designer, and it was the first time she went with him. And so we just have that posted and can also you, just some of the other can you, um, Met Gala stuff. Can you imagine how thankful Matthew Broderick is that Andy Cohen will go with her? Oh yeah, he doesn't want to go. <laughs> no, he doesn't want to go. <laughs> but but there's uh yeah, there's uh Graham posted a thing, Gilded yep. Glamour. If you're interested in putting that on a future invitation. I'm on it. I should have had that been in my baby shower. Yeah, gilded glamour, please. <laughs> yeah, yes, the photo please. that goes along with it. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. yeah. Interesting. I so. know. I just hope that we are done with the naked ice skating see through dresses. Yeah. You know, how long are we going to do those? What did we call them yesterday? What was it, the, the, the new word that we learned similar to those dresses um, for Sex Monday? It was... Um, Zentai? No. no. Th- yeah, Zentai. What, Zentai, those? but that's where you're yeah, covered. Covered you completely, see. but we yeah. were having the comparison to Kim yes. Kardashian and her... Yes. Yeah. So. All right, listen, when we come back, it is time for Random Thoughts mm. with um, our Brittany. Julia's random thoughts. He looks like that puppet. I don't know. He's had cheeky implants. It's just random. It's That's just, all it is. It's just random. Okay, That's what all it is. random thing do you have for us? All right. This one, I do- want you guys to really tap in. We've got a golf expert here. We've got Grant, and we've got a person who is very good at making judgment calls. And, and I do know how to play golf. And I, that's nice. the key okay, for this. I've got a Harley that. putter. My favorite uh, iron is my six. Ooh, so that's an unusual one for a Yeah, favorite. it's a six. It's a little, like, wooden, but not wooden. It's metal. It's a little six. It's a hybrid, probably. A hybrid. I love that club. Yeah. It can do magical things. Well, there you yeah. go. So mm-hmm. we're we're all set. Now, I'm yeah. just a judgmental bee. So, okay. This family sues a country club. They are having uh, issues. They don't... This is where I want really to think about logistics. Oh, dear. They're not saying that they live on the country club. This is a, this is a golf country club. Just call it a golf course. Yes, country golf course. Public, just call it a golf course. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're not saying they live on the golf course, but this family had bought this beautiful $750,000 square foot home in an Indian Pond estate on the South Shore. Um, the important detail you need to know is that there's a golf course that was designed... Uh, in their backyard. It wasn't. It was designed prior to them buying the house, though. Right, but still, when still, they bought it, the golf course was, was there. there. Correct. So they knew. So, so know those knew. logistics. So what they're saying happens is every day, constant golf balls yeah. are hitting their house. Yeah, and Not, I've, I've hit many houses on a golf course. Yeah. And what's their argument? But here's the thing. I I just want you guys to know. I keep reading through this article. I don't think they actually live because you know there's a difference living on the golf course mm-hmm. to not living on the course. Anyways, there's also living within range. Yeah, and the I think course. their thing is they live in, you know within range. They decided that they can't deal with this anymore. They sued the golf course. Ended up winning. Five million dollars. Oh, that's, that's BS. That is BS. BS. 
Like, we do not like this. We sidebar. We'd like to file an appeal immediately. <laughs> Grounds insufficient evidence. They had to have known. They have eyes. They yes. can see that they were within range. They could have asked the neighbors. Yes, they could have done any number of things. Everything. They're saying it was so bad that when the kids would go out and play, they'd have them in bike helmets. Yeah, yeah. that's then, like getting that, mad at an airport because you bought a house, house under a flight path. Thank you. Yeah. I cannot believe they won. That's going to be appealed. And $5 million for no. any golf course. That's going to cripple them. We got Wait. more deets, so you guys. But so, no, that's going to get overturned. It's gonna, it has to. They also say that they've tried contacting the the um, the golf course and that they would not. They weren't willing to what could do, they do much. Well, they asked, no. could they put up a net? Oh, please! And These they said that are pain in the butt. I bet all their neighbors. I would have, as the as a former golf yeah. course owner yeah. myself. Yeah, I would have told them, which I have told a lot of neighbors that have lived on our golf course. Mm-hmm. If you want a net there. Put, Put your up. own net up. Yeah, exactly. Don't live in this vicinity if you if this is a possibility. Brittany, you will find you will brook no compassion here from <laughs> either one of us. So you no. might so well I move live, on. I live across the street from a golf course. Uh, from yeah, from Bear Path Golf yeah, Course. You oh, thinking about suing them? Um, oh, good for you. Yeah. Over thank there, you. Bear thank you. Look I, at you. Look at me. But like the thing is, is like I love collecting golf balls i don't even play golf it's like the highlight i walk through there i love walking through all that stuff white gold we call it my dad and i would call it white gold (laughs) why is it so much fun i have no idea every year like i especially right at the beginning of the season when people are terrible and they Mm -hmm. like think they're better than they are and they land in your yard they they hit the the street and then they often bounce into our yard which was something we didn't have any idea would happen because it does it's not in the shot you know there's a whole street between us a lot of bad golfers out there it's not a bear path though you Got, usually a bear path clientele is a pretty good golf clientele, so they no. must be bringing guests out there. I was going to say, they also yeah. think they're a lot better. Trust me, when they're looking for their balls, I usually just walk 20 feet back from where they're looking, and I'll point and go, your ball's over here, because there's like a big <laughs> fence there. Yeah. They always think they hit farther than they do. It's a oh, whole thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah... I- I think there's I I want to more I want to know more details on this because no, we don't want to no. know you find no. you guys are so I knew you'd just take we their side. We only want to know that this gets overturned Turned, yeah. on appeal. Yeah. It does set a precedent that is terrifying. Yes. Absolutely. It, it, absolutely terrifying and I'm sorry but even if you're close it how many golf balls and I saw the picture that the guys got a whole tub full of golf balls for yeah. effect but like Oh, it's like no. suing a lake association or something because Mosquitoes. your basement flooded. Yeah. Or I mean, you know, like, yeah. come on, come yeah. on now. This no. is ridiculous. All right. I tried. I tried, guys. If, I tried to throw both sides in the mix. No, 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 no both sides. That, they're not going no. to let me. All right. We got a new term for us. I know it's not sex Monday, but Ooh. this one's pretty good. Uh, fictosexual. Fictosexual. <laughs> Someone who gets off reading fictional. You're so close. Sexy stories. You're violently <laughs> close. Okay. Do you have a fictional wife? Oh, you have a fictional oh, wife. So you have a blow up doll? No, I mean, okay. So a man, he's married a fictional computer synthesis pop singer, of mm-hmm. course. Oh. Um, who he's got an elaborate backstory. Oh, I thought you just meant you make up that you have a wife or a husband well, or a boyfriend or a girlfriend. So his name is Akito Kondo and his wife, Hastun Miku, have been in a relationship for 10 years, so very committed. This they got married. This reminds me of the Ryan Gosling movie. Right? They got married in uh, 2019. Uh, they do have to say that at the wedding, uh, none of the invitees showed up, which yeah. was very disappointing <laughs> for 38-year-old Akito. Um 
He said that his relationship with Hatsune has pulled him out of depression, but he acknowledges that, that some people will find it strange. Um, he likes to look at her, but doesn't want to hear her. So this is the perfect <laughs> companion. It's like but Billy Bob Thornton. I'm just telling you guys, if you get a chance to look this up, fixo, fictosexual. The backstory he has for her, I get why he married her. She's got an elaborate She's got backstory. Everything. She's got everything. <laughs> she toured with Lady Gaga. Oh, oh my man. God. It's like Jexy, that movie with uh, where the guy marries his phone, his yeah. cell phone. I think it was uh, weird. Yeah, weird movie. And the Ryan like Gosling, Lars yes. and the Blow Up Doll. Oh, yes. Whatever that yes. was. Yes. Yeah. Oh, well, hey, no golf balls in the backyard and no marrying your okay. phone. Bye. <laughs> By the way, Doja Cat is going to have a song on the Elvis uh, soundtrack for the, mm, that movie really? called Vegas. She played it at Coachella. Nice. Love that. Um, but yeah, so that's just a little something to know about the Elvis biopic coming out in June by Baz Luhrmann. Let's switch gears. It's time for uh, the Low J Book Club, and we have not had a book in a few weeks, so we're delighted um, to have uh, Chaley. Is it Chaley? It is. It is Chaley Whitger with us, and the book is called The Last Party, which you co-wrote with someone else, and so it's uh, The Last Party by Cassidy Lucas, and um, so welcome to our book club, Kaylee. We appreciate it. Thank you. Glad to be here. What was kind of fun was um, a friend of mine that owns Chapter 2 Books in Hudson had given me some advanced reader copies of um books and i was on a uh i was on a trip and i like to like read a book a day and the last party was the first book i read in hawaii and i read it in one day and i was like oh we got to get this author on and then i forgot to tell julia so when we ended up getting contacted by your publisher because we worked with it i was like oh my god i love that book the last party it was so so good topanga canyon so you got to give people the setup of your psychological thriller, The Last Party. First of all, I have to say the, first, the best compliment you can give an author is that you blazed through their oh, book in one day. One so, day. Thank you. That's really our objective here. I love it. Um, yeah. So um, the setup is a 50th birthday party in Topanga Canyon, um, which if you don't live in Southern California, it's a wacky enclave mm-hmm. uh, up in the Santa Monica Mountains. It's known um, for artists. It was um, kind of a, a hippie hub back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, it has some darkly famous events. The Manson murders took place there. It's very beautiful, very rugged, um, a little bit burned out, a little bit new agey. Um, it's just a really cool, beautiful, potentially spooky setting. Yes. Um, so in the book, um, there's a group of about a half dozen friends. Um, they're middle-aged. One of them is about to turn 50. Um, and her sort of former best friend that she's had a falling out and a reconnection with um, talks her into a 50th birthday weekend um, at a very remote spot um, up in Topanga Canyon. She reluctantly says yes, and, you know, needless to say, things don't go as planned. They really don't, and it is, it did give me vibes of, like, what I liked when we read Big Little Lies or um, even watching White Lotus, because I am familiar with Topanga Canyon, and, you know, it's by Malibu, and I remember one time going with some friends to, like, this very old, almost seemed like a 
Western saloon that was sort of a famous steakhouse that was just nestled in the middle of nowhere um, that had been there since I don't know how long, and I don't even know if it's still there. And I remember just looking around, just even driving around to Pango and just thinking, if the ground could talk, I wonder what all has happened out here. There is <laughs> Exactly. There is something really... Um, wildly, mysteriously beautiful, and I would never want to be lost in the canyon. Exactly. And it's in L.A. County. I mean, it's right up the hill, like you said, from Malibu and Santa Monica, Mm -hmm. the valley uh, down the other side. So it's pretty remarkable that it feels so isolated and special. What gave I mean, for you who, so you co-write, because Julia and I have had other people on, I'm trying to think of her name, Pekinen, Sarah Pekinen. There mm-hmm. are two yeah. people, right? We've had some other people. What uh, what was the impetus for you, Kaylee, and your co-author in, in coming up with the name Cassidy Lucas, which is like straight out of a soap opera and a very good book author name? How did you guys decide <laughs> to write a book together? I appreciate your complimenting the name because... <laughs> It took us a very long time to arrive at our pen name. It's so good. We are Julia, thank you. Julia Fierro and I are longtime friends. We met almost 20 years ago in New York City, where Julia was teaching a writing workshop that I signed up for. And so we became friends as writers and um eventually fellow authors when we both published um, a couple of individual novels on our own. Mm-hmm. So we, we both, we, we published two novels each. And then um, we were really, it was, you know, it was a rather spontaneous decision. We were both, we had both moved out to California, but we were back in New York together for some promotional events for our, our own novels. And we were in a cab one night. I think we were leaving an event. We were driving over the Brooklyn Bridge. And I just, I, you know, you mentioned Lianne Moriarty. Mm-hmm. And even though I was writing more literary fiction at the time, I am a huge consumer of more commercial um, psychological thrillers. Yeah. And um, so I just said, said to Julia, I bet we could bang one of those out. What do you know? Do you think we could write a book together in like a year? Right. And she was like, yeah, let's do it. Like, talk to me tomorrow morning when you haven't had, you know, a couple glasses of champagne. But we did. Next morning, we like decided we were going to do it. And we went back to where we both lived at the time in Santa Monica. And um, yeah, wrote our first book together and um, then ended up doing another one. And uh, so it really just came from a very long friendship that is based in a love of writing and a love of literature. We like to share, we say that we share a literary brain. Well, I mean, you did it. And I have got to believe that the last party, you guys have already, I know, when did the book come out? Did it just come out like today? This, today is your book birthday. It, well, today how it is. Today it is. Well, happy book you, birthday. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I love it. Well, I mean, I could definitely see this being cast. I, you know, I mean, option. And I see like a woman would be optioning it because you've got parts. You've got all these great female parts. You've got the setting of where it is. You also have not only the psychological thriller of it, but it's also, you know, COVID is addressed. Right. It is. And we were laughing yesterday 
saying that we, you know, it, it wasn't that we were trying to be super timely. It's mm-hmm. just that when we began writing, we were in the right. thick of the pandemic. Yeah, you know, no. We were quarantined. We both have a bunch of kids and husbands, and we were trying to write under these really unusual circumstances. And it was just hard to get COVID out of our minds. So we're like, well, we don't want to set it in the pandemic. Like, we're not in the mindset to be pre-pandemic. So we're like, well, let's go, like, out of, you know, out right. past the pandemic. So we, we settled on summer 2022. And if I do say so myself, it's not too far removed from where we are now with COVID. So yeah, that's right. really born of this. Yeah, it was born, of, you know, of osmosis. Just COVID was everywhere. So it worked its way into the plot a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. And in a good way, because people are, I mean, they're calling this, you know, this is going to be revenge traveling and... Um, people right. are getting together with people that we've successfully or unsuccessfully wanted to avoid or not. And right? so it's easy yep. to get everybody to go to this Celestial Ranch Airbnb. And by the way, I love the, I love the, the old, the older couple who runs Celestial Ranch. I loved, I loved everything about that whole storyline. Oh, you know, we were just, Julie and I were meeting earlier to plan for our launch event tonight. And we, we agree with you. We love Twyla and Arnold. Yeah, Twyla and our Arnold. They, they, yep, yep, they, yep. I could picture them. You know, I could, you know, see them in my mind. And anyway, I, I hope maybe Nicole Kidman will option this. Maybe Reese, you know, I think Nicole, she would love to be Don. <laughs> can you can you make some calls for me because I really like your thinking here. I love this. Anyway, but I I could see it and you are getting rave reviews and we are raving about the last party. The author it will be under Cassidy Lucas. It was um yep. just, you know, very edgy and I was honestly did not see any of the twist coming and I also I don't know why I'm always intrigued with a book that portrays a toxic relationship uh with with friends because we all have at least one we are too and that's why it was so much fun to write mia and dawn mm-hmm. and even though julie and i have an awesome friendship yeah we do you'll see a little bit you know you take you take some of your tensions and then you put it into your characters and blow it up and so you know this morning i was texting and i said sorry to get all mia on you but <laughs> <laughs> So, was it? Um, did you guys? I mean, did, how did did you decide? Like, I'm going to write in one character's voice. Did you guys take turns writing in the voice of somebody, or did you each have different characters that you were doing that piece of the story? That's a great question. We actually have a very clear system for this, and this is why both of our books, oh. uh, by no accident, have had uh, four four narrators because we split them up. Got it. Um, We each take two and we sort of, that's uh, sort of in charge of Mm -hmm. writing that character storyline. And then later in revision, we switch and do revisions on each other's sections so that the voice can become unified and sound like it's from one author. Got it. Brittany, did you hear that? If we ever write a book together, Julia isn't here today, but she's always after me to write a book. Here's a, except we're, we're not writers. We are, we are just talkers and we are, but we're good at gossip. Yeah. Yeah. And we're good at promoting great books and, and, and really probably psychological thrillers and historical fiction are two favorite books and we like you know mysteries like cop mysteries but really psychological thrillers 
hold a special place in our heart. If you look at all of our Lori and Julia book clubs that we, you know, we've had this book club for like, I don't know, 18 years now on the radio. Well, I think you guys clearly have no choice except to give it a go. There you go. Psychological thrillers. That yeah. is right. And I'm going to uh, try and figure out if I should send this to Reese. I don't know if Nicole's production company has a Twitter, but I'm going to I'm going to include you, Cassidy Lucas, as the book author because I know that's what your Twitter is under, right? Yep, yep, yeah. Our social media is under Cassidy Lucas. Okay. Um, shout out to Julia for managing all that, and thank you so much. Thank you, <laughs> Kaylee. Really You're so it. great to talk to you. The book is The Last Party. Uh, check out Cassidy Lucas on Insta or Facebook or Twitter, and you guys are probably, you know, going to be out there and about, and I don't know if you do oh, yeah. book clubs, but we really appreciate it, and we look forward to reading whatever your next book is. Oh, thank you so much. This was very fun, and I so appreciate your support and enthusiasm. Oh, you're so welcome. Again, the book is The Last Party Call Grant. We've got two copies, 651-641-1071. We'll be right back. I am going to tweet Reese Witherspoon about The Last Party. You're always (laughs) producing. Well, listen, they want parts, uh, you know, they're like, they want, it's, these are wonderful when you have books like you cast women from um um in this book like 35 to 75. Yeah. Go a little bit. Six women. Or you know That what? was like in Nine Perfect Strangers, you know, that was like a wide cast of, you know, I mean, these are the kinds of things that uh In about 10 years ago you would have done 20-year-olds and said they were 30. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, okay, so you gave away the books grant? Yes, we did. And Debbie, Debbie and New Brighton and Elizabeth in uh, Roseville were both very excited to be winners of the oh, book. That's so. awesome. Fantastic. And I got a chance to talk to Chaley afterwards. Chaley. She was very, very, you know, she said, what a great interview. She wanted me to tell you that. Oh, she had a lot of fun. And, okay. and yeah, she's excited. And I said, well, hopefully you get another one out. We'll get you back on. You the know, end. and I kept meaning to do a book review. Remember how sometimes I'd say, oh, I got a book review yeah, that yeah. I did. And then, um, you know, there ended up being plenty of, uh, you know, gossip and then all my lady exercise uh, hijinks <laughs> and stuff like that. And I forget, I forgot to talk about the book. And then just ironically, last week, too, he goes, oh, you know, one of our favorite publishers, they're like really after us. And I said, hey, I read that the first day of my <laughs> of my beach vacation. And I kept turning the pages. Um because it's a good, twisty, psychological thriller. I mean, if you read it in one day, that says a lot. Yeah. I mean, even you could, you know. I'm... I won't read a book in one day if I don't like it. No. Like, I'll, I'll put it down. Yeah. Like, I read that book, You Brought Me, All of Us Are Villains. Yeah. I read that in a day. And totally. That was a, you have to that read that That was a one. delightful book I mean, that's just day. brain candy. Yeah. Julia would not like that book no. um, because it's just too... Weird. It's very her. weird. It's like, you know, Hunger Game meets Harry Potter. Meets some kind of vampire. It was totally. Totally it was great. So good. I knew you'd like it. Okay. Uh what do you what what's the Hollywood speaker, the Broadway speak on this? Um uh now this isn't the Tony. This is a, another this is like a prelude to the people who come up. It's called the Outer Critics. Okay. But um for their, you know, best plays and musicals and stuff on Broadway. Uh, no Funny Girl, no Hugh Jackman, no Sutton Foster. Oh. No really anybody famous with the exception of 
Deborah Messing for a show called Birthday Candles. Edie Falco from Morning Sun. Are they the type, like the elite of the elite, that they think they're above the celebrity of it all? I guess I feel like Music Man, which is what Hugh Jackman and Sutton Foster are in, and Funny Girl, we've been talking about those two shows for over a year. Yeah. Yeah. Over a year. And it's like, like crickets for not one, not one nomination, not for song. Oh, it did get something for costume design in the Music Man. Um, costume design, which of course is, you know, that's amazing. And have we heard reviews then about it? You know, uh, it's been lackluster. Oh. But I would go just to see Hugh Jackman and Sutton Foster. I wouldn't care what it was. I know. I think I would watch oh, him yeah. do almost anything. Anything. <laughs> anything. Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. If I were to say to you that Harry Styles is on the cover of Rolling Stone magazine. You, uh, of course he is. Okay. Vanity Fair. Yeah. Makes sense. Esquire. All right. GQ. Of course. Better Homes and Gardens. Wow. I saw this. Wow. <laughs> what a story. Does he even own a home? I mean, I don't I don't know. He pop star of the year. He's everywhere. He's everywhere. He, what is he cemented doing? his status at his Coachella yeah. by having two great women join him and all the ways that Harry is just the quintessential guy. He is on the cover of Better Homes and Garden, which honestly I didn't even know was still in business. But if it is, I know my mom still subscribes to it, and I will have to get it from. He is on the cover of a magazine. For what? I mean, well, I, I, it might. It's be- a cover story. Obviously, he's on the cover. Yeah, but I, it, I think, and I didn't read the story, so correct me if I'm wrong, but you remember his pop-up shops that were going all over the place in with London and New polish? York? With the nail polish? But they had some unique, it was like a an environment room. It but had like... Better homes and gardens. gardens. Did we even think... I thought that went the way of McCall's and Lady yeah. Holmes Journal. I didn't honestly know it was still in business. I want him to tell me that he's done one house or garden thing ever Well, here inside these again this is their inside and maybe and this i might be wrong inside these pop-up shops there are psychedelic wall murals of blight bright flowers retro wallpaper groovy nature scenes and a humanoid frog greet visitor so it's a big nature experience when you walk into these pop-up shops maybe didn't have anything to reach you with that it doesn't matter he's on the cover of better homes and gardens and the audience is now tell me how to make a stone Credibility with their, uh, but he looks amazing. Look at the oh, cover. Yeah. No, Welcome to Harry's oh. house. He's very cute. I mean, I love. I'm sure he's got fun. It's the hundredth anniversary of this what? magazine. What is happening? I'm sorry. If you can't tell me how to make a scone, get off of Better Homes yeah. and Garden. I'm sorry. He shares what makes him feel at home. Oh, Olivia and her children because. Like uh, many people who are <laughs> persuaded to be with somebody who already has children, yeah, they're only with me half the time. <laughs> you go. That's, there that's you go. Beauty, yeah, that's a beautiful uh, part of it. Yeah. Yeah. But so he, he's just he, everywhere. You know. I, I mean, know. but better homes and gardens. June issue 
I don't know if this is online only, but bhg.com, 10 million people a year visit. Love it. Harry is really going to do great things for Better Homes and I can't wait to get all my tile samples from whatever he's doing. (laughs) That's right. Um, Jane Seymour, er, yeah, she said um, she was doing a... um, an interview at the TCM Classic Film Festival and uh, Mankiewicz, you know, the one movie guy, he's leading it. And while chatting, mm-hmm. or excuse me, she was chatting with Alicia Malone. She got emotional. She was asked about the movie Christopher Reeve and Jane made way back in 1980 called Somewhere in Time. Okay. And I feel like it was a, our first time traveling romance. If Julia was here, she could go on and on. She probably knows the exact story specifics. But she said, when Chris and I made the film, we literally fell in love while making the film. Like many a movie, right? This Uh happens with... We were both single. It was fantastic. It was an amazing experience. She explained that... And so Alicia was like, well, why did you break up? And she said, on the day I came in to work to film one of the biggest scenes in the movie where I'm supposed to be breaking up with him in the movie, Chris got a call and his assistant came up to me and said he needs to talk to you. And she found out that he was having a baby with an ex-girlfriend that he'd broken up with three months earlier. Oh, dang. And he had to break up with her. So that breakup and the falling in love when you see somewhere in time, it's real, people. It's real. Yeah, you're right. He wishes himself back to the year of 1912 yes. because he falls in love with a photograph from a woman of 1912, yes. and then he finds her, and oh, the story goes on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so all that falling in love and breaking up for real.